got your Bibles this morning, open them up to Genesis chapter 1. Um, we're, we're starting a new series. I'm, I'm calling it the question series. And this is just basically members of our church. If you have, if you have a Bible question, if you have a question about the Bible, I'm going to work on crafting a, a message that, that tries to answer your questions. And one of the questions I got this week was basically, how do we get here? What, uh, what, are, the, what are the views of the Bible and how do, we, how do we get where we are to this position? How did, how did the world come to be? And so um, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. And make no mistake that there is a battle going on for the beginning of human existence. One of the biggest questions in academia is, how did we get here? How, how, how in the world did we get here? And many will say, well, Caleb, pa- listen, Pastor, you're a little slow, to the, little slow in the uptake. You're a little slow to the game. There is uh, there's science that teaches us and that has shown that we got here through evolution. How, you didn't know that, Pastor? You didn't know that we evolved and we got here through evolution? Uh, I mean, you're a little slow, Pastor. Well, maybe I am, but we're going to see what the Bible says this morning. Amen? Well, many of the world want us to believe this idea that we were evolved out of a primordial soup. Many teachers and professors attempt to push this idea out that, that billions and billions of years ago, that there was a small dot, a small dot that was smaller than the period on the page in your Bible... And this dot just one day decided to explode, and here we are later, billions of years later. That is what's taught. In fact, I'm going to read a quote for you here in a minute from the American uh, Museum of Natural History. This is what they teach their tourists when they come in and learn about the beginning of time. I'm going to be quoting here. It says, The Big Bang was the moment 13.8 billion years ago when the universe began as a tiny dense point. One, one thing that they did say later was a group, uh, one group said a fireball. It was a, micro, a small, tiny little dot of a fireball that just exploded. And, and this is the idea that is widely accepted in the world of education and in science. And if anyone says otherwise... They are mocked as a backwards um, zealot, a religious zealot that doesn't believe in science, which I find interesting because it's God who created science. So um, what I want to do here today is I, I, as a Christian, I want to say this question needs to be answered and we have to ask ourselves, what does the Bible say? Not what does human beings say, not what does the, the science book say. This is what's funny is people say, well, Caleb, you just believe that dirty old dusty Bible and you, t- you trust the book? And I'm like, well, wait a second. How many of you went to school and you had to read a science book, right? I, I read, I'm reading the book. I'm reading from the author of creation and we have a misconception. And listen, you're going to see here in a minute why there's a battle. Why there's a battle that's taking place in our world right now for how things came, to, came into existence. So, where do we find this information? How, how did we come to the beginning of humanity? Well, I'm glad you asked. Genesis chapter 1. 
Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 1 because I think that's the, it's a, it's the beginning. And we're talking about the beginning. So I think it's good to start in the beginning. Amen? A- amen? amen? All right. Just come on, don't, don't be afraid. Just, you can be loud here. First chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So I want you to see right away here the wording. The phraseology, the, 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 the way the, the words are laid out in the text. And this is big. The first thing we have is in the. We'll stop right there. In the. The word the is, a, is considered what's called, and if, any, any English majors in here? Nobody's, listen, no English majors, so I'm, I'm safe. Good deal. The word the is considered a definite article because it defines the meaning of the noun as one particular thing. So what's the noun? What's the noun of in the? What comes next? In the beginning. According to the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, this is a a Hebrew and Greek lexicon, the word beginning is reshit, which means First, start, first fruits, first importance, or beginning. So we have the definition, the definition, the beginning. So it's a definite article of the noun beginning. It is the beginning. So God authors this information, gives this information out to humanity. This is where the world came from. People wonder, how did we get here? How did we get here? And from a biblical worldview, it is God that spoke or authored all of the things that you and I see, feel, and experience. From a visual all the way down to the microscopic level. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1 verse 3 says, All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So let's pull that into into some 2023. God made it. God created. God made it. Some people might say, well, wait a second, pastor. Where did God come from? Where did God come from? And my answer is to that is, listen, I don't know. I don't know where God came from. And we know from the scriptures that God's always been. He's never, he never has had a beginning. He's never, he's never going to have an end. There was never a, be- a beginning or end. Time and, and being a created being in, inside of where God is, it doesn't, he, he does not have to be connected into the things that physically limit us. So God has no beginning. And some might say, well, Caleb, I just can't believe that. I, I can't believe if, if the creator wasn't created. I just, I can't believe that. Well, here, you've got two choices. In the beginning, God created, or in the beginning, there was a dot the size of a period on your page that just exploded one day. So you believe in the beginning dot, I believe in the beginning God. I'm going to go with God every time. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to go with God. So God creates the heavens and the earth. That's verse 1 of Genesis 1. 
Verse 2. Now, what did he create? Verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the earth was nothing like it is today. It was a formless void. God spoke these things. Now, this is the thing, that God spoke these into existence. You're going to see this as we keep reading through the text, that God speaks things into existence. He doesn't have to craft and work with a hammer and screwdriver and nails and glue. He doesn't have to do that. He just has to speak it, and it comes about. He has the power to speak things into existence. So he could say, earth. And boom, he knows what he wants when he says earth. Earth was created. It was a formless void that was created. It did not have land masses like it did, like it does now. When it was in the beginning, scripture says that it is without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And now here, I want you to see this. Because the Trinity was present in this moment. Next part of chapter verse 2. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So we here have, in the beginning, God created. So we have God the Father. Now in verse 2 we see, in the, in the beginning here, the Spirit of God. So there's the Holy Spirit present. Now, John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the, the word, Word, if you look at John chapter 1, verse 1, the word word is capitalized. And so this is a reference to Christ. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the, the spirit was hovering over the deep. So we've got father and there's the spirit. And now in John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So there you have a reference to God the Son. So you've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit present together at the creation of creation. Amen? So, so the earth was nothing like it is today. And many might ask, well, Pastor, when did it happen? When did the Bible give, or, or does, the, does the Bible give us a timeline, Pastor? When did this thing happen? When did it take place? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you do a little bit of numbers research in this thing, you can see, you can see that, that, it's, that it's there. You can do the mathematics and you can see all the information. If you dig down, there are 20 generations from Adam to Abraham. And that time span, if you do the math, and I, I will, anyone who wants this, this graph, I pull this graph up. There are people that are smarter than me to have done the mathematics. Listen, I want you to hear this. Pre-flood, pre-flood, you have men and women living to almost a thousand years old. And I'm going to explain why that happens. But um, Adam lived to 930 years. He lived for 930 years. Did you know that Adam could have known very well, could have known Enoch? He could have known Methuselah. They're, they, they're, their time frames overlap one another. And I was telling Jamie this, and she goes, well, do you think they knew who he was? I was like, of course they did. He's Adam. He's the guy that we know about. I guarantee you they knew who Adam was. Guarantee to think about this. Adam lived to 930 years old. You say, Caleb, how in the world does that happen? When it's a perfect environment, 
when it's a perfect environment, there's no problems. In fact, Adam lived roughly, probably close to 150 to 130, 130 to 150 years in the Garden of Eden. How many kids could you have in 150 years, especially if there's no pain involved for you ladies? Jesus said, be fruitful and multiply. And guess what? They did, because guess what? You're here. Amen? Amen. You're here. So we've got this time frame. There's, there is uh, 20 generations from Adam to Abraham that's, it, that equals about 1,948 years. God's covenant with Abraham at the age of 85, when that covenant was, was enacted, Fast forward to about 2,033 years. So this is all B.C. This is all before Christ. So we've got 1,948 years from Adam to Abraham. And then Abraham at the age of 85 makes a covenant. And then we fast forward that to 2,033 years. And then you add about 430 years until the Exodus when Moses has this take place. This is in Exodus chapter 12 verse 40 and Galatians chapter 3 verses 15 through 17. And then we add 480 years until Solomon began building the temple. That's in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. Historical dates for that is about 966 B.C. And so you start doing the mathematics. You've got 1,948 plus 85 plus 430 plus 480 plus 966. That gives you about the beginning of creation, about 3,000 909 BC. Now, you add those, you put that, do a little bit of math, we're almost at 6,000 years. There are roughly 6,000 years of created history. If you look through the, we weren't, we've not been here for billions and billions and billions of years. We've been here roughly for about 6,000, 6,500 years, give or take. And this is, this is rough math. We've been here for about 6,000 years. One of the oldest trees is about 4,400 years ago. I wonder why that is. Because about 4,400 years ago, there was a global flood. And in this global flood, everything was wiped out. Everything. In fact, Methuselah was 969 years old when he died. You know what his his name meant? When he is gone, it will come. So when Methuselah died, he lived for almost a thousand years. God's mercy and grace continued for the people of the Old Testament until until, until Methuselah died at 969 years. And the only people who survived after that point were Noah and his family. And if you notice, after the flood, lifespans start shortening dramatically. In fact... Shem only lived to be 600 years. So well, God, that's still a long time, right? But they were living to 900 and 8 and 900 years old. Now he's only living to 6. Then you get down to Isaac. Isaac only lived to be 180. Jacob lived to be 147. And Joseph only lived to be 110. So why, why did that take place? What, what happened? I'm glad you asked. 
This create because there are there are people who will say that that they believe that creation itself took millions and millions and millions of years. This is why it's important to step, keep yourself grounded in the Word of God. The Word of God gives us the information to help us understand. Listen, you aren't built out of a primordial soup. The God of the universe crafted and put you together. Psalms 139 says that God knew you in your mother's womb and knit you together, put you together. In fact, this week I saw an amazing ultrasound at the moment of conception. I don't know how they did this, but at the moment of conception, they, did, they, they had this ultrasound thing. At the moment of conception, there's a light that flashes around the egg. At the moment of conception, it's a miraculous thing that sperm and egg meet and create and make this life. How did that come about? God created it and designed it that way. That's the reason we're created this way. I personally believe that this idea that the world is billions and billions and billions and billions of years old is absolutely hogwash. And you could do the scientific research. There are enough biblically minded scientists who say... This idea of we've been here for billions of years is wrong and it's wicked and it's actually demonic. How do we so see Caleb? How do you get there? How do you get there? When you read the word, we take what God's word says personally and directly. So let's start in verse 3 of Genesis 1. Genesis 3, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. This was not... No, listen. I need you to understand. This was not the sun yet. God just said, let there be light. He hadn't created the sun or the moon or the stars or any of these things yet. So the presence, the light of God was present. When he said, let there be light, light he spoke light into being, and it traveled out of his mouth and was there. John chapter 8, verse 12 says that this is what Jesus said. Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So because Jesus was present, there was light. There was light. And then you continue in verse 5 of Genesis 1. It says, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. Like this is, this is a beautiful thing. Like it's like that God created. He paints. It's like an artist. He, he creates and forms and puts this together and builds this into a beautiful masterpiece. And then the very, what's the very last thing at the, at the end of verse 5? The first day. Now, this is why it's important to have scripture that is actually properly interpreted because there are some bibles that just say the day or day one it doesn't say the first day definite article the first day remember like i said definite article and i believe this is god creating the 24-hour literal day God creates a 24-hour cycle in this moment. He did that. He did not make it because there are, there are those that teach and believe that try to form and craft Bible worldview and 
scientific billions of worldview together, try to craft that together, and then that is absolute and utter hogwash, and I'll show you why here in a minute. But this millions of years old is not what this was. God did this in literally 24 hours. He creates a 24-hour cycle in this moment. He, he does not do this over millions of years. Let's go to verse 6. And then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let, the, and let it separate the water from the waters. And the, God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters and were above the expanses, and it was so. Now, this could be a little confusing. Anybody read that and you're like, whoa, what? Anybody? I, take, a little confusing, right? we got to do a little work here. God placed around the planet Earth what is known as a firmament. Some translations may say firmament in there. That's a, that's a proper interpretation. Firmament. This was a water expanse that surrounded the globe, that surrounded the planet. And as it surrounded the planet, it globally was, was a perfect environment. Everywhere was perfect. It, it, the reason they could live to 900, years old, 900 plus years old, number one, in the beginning, Adam had no sin. So the wages of sin is what? Death. So there was no death because there was no sin in the beginning. Now, this firmament allowed things to be, a, it was a perfect environment. Everything was, grew huge. This is the reason, listen, if human beings are living until 900 years old, how long are lizards living? Where do, we do, where do we get dinosaurs? God created dinosaurs. They weren't billions of years old. Dinosaurs were with men. In fact, if you know, this is, this is what happens when I don't live with my notes. Historically, you know what people did in the medieval time frames? They fought what? Fire-breathing dragons. Dinosaur is just a, a word that's only been come up with in the last 150 years. Before dinosaurs, they used the word dragon. In fact, the scripture talks about Leviathan. The fire-breathing dragon. What? Leviathan? Fire? Listen. You know, where are they today? Well, how come we don't see dinosaurs today? Listen. There were men back then that liked to hunt. Anybody in here like to hunt? Listen. If I could hang a dragon on my wall, guess what I would? Anybody else? Like, let's go hunting. Like, there's stories all the time of men going to hunt dragons down. Like, the reason you don't see big dinosaurs anymore... A, the flood killed most of them, but those that survived, guess what? Most men probably killed them. All right, back to my notes. So there's a firmament that is around the globe. And as a result of that, life is perfect. People live longer as a result of this. Because if you notice, post-flood, everything stops living as long. And I'll tell you why here in a minute. All right, verse 8. So God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. Verse 9. So we've got day one, day two. So on day two, he creates the expanse. He creates the firmament. He creates the waters, and he separates these things, and he has this, this creation on the second day. Verse 9. God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was. And so God called the dry land earth 
and the water that was gathered together he called seas. And God saw it, and it was good. So here we see God forming the earth out of the oceans, or seas, and the power of God's ability to form and create is just absolutely outstanding. He says, let there be earth. It comes up. It's earth. It's there. It's happening. Notice, in all of this, God's spoken word is the thing that's created. God said, God said, God said, God said. And it all came to pass. Why? Because God specifically said so. He is the only being that is able to speak something into existence. Now, I know that there are crazy, charismatic denominations that teach right now that we are, quote-unquote, little gods, and we can, we can call things into existence. That is untrue. You and I cannot call anything into existence. I cannot say, and notice what they specifically say is, like, Kenneth Copeland is the craziest one. There's a video of him on TikTok. He grabs his hair and he tells his congregation, listen, congregation, you have the power to speak things into existence. You bald people, just tell God, just say, hair grow. Guess what? Nobody's hair grew. The whole congregation does it. You see the whole room. There's thousands in this auditorium. And they're all grabbing their heads like crazy people going, hair grow. And guess what? Nobody's hair grew. Because you don't have the ability to speak things into existence. When God says, let there be earth. So he's the only one that can do this. Now, that's important to see that because God is the one who does all of the creating. There's no, he doesn't need help. He does it all on his own. God is the only one who could speak things into existence. All right, verse 14. Now, God said, let the lights in the expanse of the heavens be separated and the day from the night and let there be a sign for the seasons and for the days and the years and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens and gives light upon the earth. Now, All right, let's, I'll keep reading. Sorry, let's keep going. And let them be lights in the expanse, in the heavens, and let them give upon the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. So he creates the sun and the moon here and the stars. And God set them into the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and morning the fourth day. Here's why I believe that it was a 24-hour literal day. God created the vegetation. If you notice, back on day three, God creates vegetation and the sun and the moon on day four. If God created vegetation on day three and there had to be millions or billions of years in between day three and day four, vegetation could not have survived. Because we know from photosynthesis and all these things that the sun is the thing that makes plants do its thing. Without the sun, you don't have vegetation. So if the vegetation was created on day three and had billions of years with no ability 
to have sunlight, it would not have grown, right? So we have a literal 24-hour day. God does on day three, creates vegetation. And on day four, he creates the sun to nourish that vegetation. I think personally, this is, God did this on purpose to prove that these days were not billions or millions of years old, but literally 24-hour days. This is where God creates all, like I said, on day three, he creates all the plants and all the, the things that are happening on the earth. And in day four, we see all the bodies that are in the heavens. All the, all the planets are created. Verse 20. God said, let the waters swarm with, uh, swarm with living creatures. And let birds fly above the earth and across the expanse of the waves. So that God creates the great sea creatures. And every living creature that moves with which water swarms according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good and God blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth and there was evening and morning the fifth day so we're on day five now and God said, next, verse 24, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, livestock, creeping things, and birds, or uh, uh, creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kinds. And God saw it, and it was good. So here we do. On the fifth day, God creates animals. He instructs them to be fruitful and multiply. And then here's the crux of the whole message. If you haven't been listening to this point, tune in. Here's the crux in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. And in, his Im- in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So God creates man. He creates man on this last day. He, he puts them into this position and he creates man. And he, verse... 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had created, and behold, it was very good. And it was evening, and it was morning, the sixth day. So God blesses and puts all of this in on the sixth day. This is why there's a battle. This is why there is a battle. On where you and I came from. The battle is between God and Satan. And the devil knows that he cannot defeat. I'm sorry, the devil knows that he cannot defeat God. So what does he do? He instead attacks the thing that God created and does this by casting doubts and confusion over everything about the creation. So many in our culture are confused about gender, sexuality, creation, all these things. And the author of those confusions are Satan himself. He causes men and women to be confused about these things. And listen, evolution, the way where it's being taught in our public education system today, it's only started in the mid-1800s by a guy named Charles Darwin. Who, actually, if you do the history, he recanted all this on his deathbed. 
We don't teach that in school, do we? We teach that what Charles Darwin did was, oh, it was awesome. No, it was a satanic lie from Satan. If you look at the evidence, there is evidence. Creation itself has evidence that we've only been here about 6,000 years. Period. And there's a battle over now. This, and listen, this wouldn't have happened 30 years ago. This conversation would have been just laughed at and said, hey, listen, if you want to identify as a boy and you're a girl, you can do that. If you want to identify as a girl and you're a boy, well, shoot, you could do that. Who are we to judge? That would have been laughed at 30 years ago. But because we've ignored this for generations, this was taken out of the school in 1963, I believe. Prayer in school, this book was taken out of this. Out of the, this was taught regularly in School, elementary school kids memorize these things. Why? Because it was viewed as important. And when you take the word of God out of the environment, people no longer view God as the supreme being. We just start to say, well, science. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a science denier, Caleb. I'm a science believer. Well, so am I because God created science. All the things, all the molecules, all the organisms, all the things scientifically, we just saw God created every single thing. And so there's this battle now between good and evil to try to cast dispersions on what a man is, what is a woman, what are their roles, what are they supposed to do? God created them. And when God created them, if you look at this, now this is the, this is the cool thing. Notice up to this point, everything after God created, he said, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. He creates man and woman. Verse 31, it was very good. He didn't just go from just good, it was, hey, listen, this is very good. And there was evening morning on the sixth day, and then on the seventh day he rested. So biblically, the reason we have a day of rest is because that's a biblical mindset. The reason we rest one day out of six is because that's what God did. We're following his example. God worked for six days, took a day off. So guess what? He says, guess what? The Lord's day is a day for you to have Sabbath. This is take rest. Take, take refuge in who Christ is. Worship him, right? This is why there's a battle. Satan wants to cast dispersions in your mind to make you believe a lie. He wants you to believe the lie that Jesus lied to you. In fact, you'll see here, in little, we'll, we talked about this Thursday night in our men's Bible study, that this is what Satan did. Satan came to the woman and starts casting dispersions and delusions over her mind. Say, listen, did God really say that? Did, did God's word really say that you, you can't eat? Did he? Well, here's the deal. The reason he said that is because he didn't want you to become a god. You can become a god. And listen, we live in a society that worships the big eye. We are humanistic to the core and we worship humanity. We don't worship as a culture. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about as a culture. We don't worship Jesus Christ. We worship ourselves. We make ourselves comfortable. Jesus says to deny yourself. What's science say? Science says make yourself comfortable. If it feels good, do it. Jesus says, if it feels good, it's probably, listen, there's pleasure in sin for a season. If it feels good, it's probably sinful. Probably should deny your rights. 
Matthew chapter 16. Take up your cross, deny your rights, follow me. Right? So this is, this is the battle. Who do we trust? Do we trust what God's word says? Hey, listen, I made this. I made you. I created you, Psalms 139. I put you together in your mother's womb. I knit you together. I made you a girl for a reason. I made you a boy for a reason to do what you need to do. And I've called you to go and conquer. Go, Men, go conquer, build, create. Ladies, go love your husbands. Men, uh, husbands, love your wives. Ladies, submit to your husbands. Oh, I don't like that. No, I don't like that one, Pastor. Okay. Don't take it up with me. I didn't write the book, but I'm a man of the book. Right? Follow what God's word says. And listen, for generations we, we followed this. And now we're all of a sudden not. Listen, we repeat patterns. If you re- Before the flood, you know why God killed everybody? Because there were a bunch of sinful, nasty, depraved human beings who were specifically sexually immoral. Specifically. God killed everybody, but no one in his family. Scripture says it grieved God's heart that he made. He's like, man, these people. Broke his heart that they continually sinned and sinned and sinned. And listen, if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to raise Sodom and Gomorrah up and apologize. I didn't say that. That was Leonard Ravenhill. It's a quote from Leonard. And I'm telling you, this is the battle. Who do you trust? Do you trust God's word or do you trust the world? I'm telling you, at the end of the day, science, modern day science, changes all the time. We're finding up new, new things all the time. God knew about it from the beginning. God knew about all of it. He didn't, he didn't guessing. He made it. Down to, the, down to the cellular, microscopic cellular level. In fact, Going through this room right now are radio waves. And if you have the right instrument, you can tune in and hear specific radio stations, right? But guess what? I can't see it, but it's still there, right? So I can't see God. Okay, cool, but he's still there. I don't believe in gravity. That's a silly rule. I don't believe in gravity. Oh, I just demonstrated, right? Gravity's still here just because I can't see it. I'd be a fool. Listen, ah, gravity's stupid. That just like the scripture says, the fool in his heart says there is no God. And actually, it's not the fool in his heart says there is no God. If you look at the original language, it's the fool says in his heart, no to God. The fool is the one who says, no. Don't say no. Submit yourself to Christ today. Believe, and here's the deal. This is why I believe Genesis chapter 1 is literally, if you can't trust Genesis 1-1, you can't trust John 3-16. If you can't trust in the beginning God created, then I can't trust for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I I believe all of it. Cover to cover. I, I believe it. In fact, the inside of my cover says Caleb Gordon. This, belongs, this Bible belongs to Caleb Gordon. I believe that. It belongs to me. Right? Like, this is the truth. This is, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And whoever comes to me... Listen, that, this, is the, this is the bottom line. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. 
So if you're, oh, I'm going to trust science to get to heaven. You're wasting your time. Climbing Mount Everest naked. That ain't working, bro. Or as Dr. Phil used to say, how's that working for you? It's not. It's not working for you. It's ridiculous. So this is why, I listen, I'm a man of the book. And I'll be a man of the book until Jesus takes me home. And I want to shepherd a people of the book. We've got to trust this word. Listen, I remember, now you guys are going to get me off on a tangent. 